Uh, anyway, uh, just thank all of you for being here, and just let's work, work it out together. Um, I want to talk to you about the true light, and I, I think that um, that is the true light having to do with the sons of the day. And the true light, of course, is Jesus Christ, and that means there's a false light. I want to talk about the sons of the day, part two, and uh, we want to look at the scriptures. So if you will, turn to, if you want to, Ephesians, uh, let's do the uh, First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians um, uh, 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. Let's look at that. And then we will go to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3. Let's do that. We want to look at the Scriptures today because we are guided by the, the Word of God. The Scripture says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it, doesn't comprehend it, doesn't overcome it, overcome it. It does not have the power to, in any way, extinguish the light of God. It's not like it chooses not. It has no authority, no power. So we have to understand that as believers, who we really are. Now, uh, you, sometimes I've wondered, I've asked myself, why in the world do we have to preach uh, to tell people this good news? Why is that um, uh, ever a requirement that one has to preach and preach and preach and preach and preach, and then somehow we, we tend to get it after much preaching? And so I would like for us to understand that, that the Lord has called us into this kind of a ministry, a time when we are living in dangerous times. We're living in uh, harsh times, we're living in uncertain times, and we don't want to minimize that. And we don't want to not say it so that somehow it will go away or dissipate in some form. No, we have to speak the truth of God. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, and we'll read this throughout our, our, our session here tonight, Sons of the Day, Part 2. He says, Paul says, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. So we are not of the night nor of darkness. Now, he, he is really uh, inculcating this into the believer. He is driving this point home in the believer. Why? Because when we go into the world system, we tend to forget who we are at times. We tend to forget who we are at times. Some of us are ashamed of who we are, and some of us act unashamedly out there, but when you come in here, we're all timid. We need to deal with those issues. And uh, there's one way that God deals with them is, is confronting us with our weaknesses. And he said, Paul says, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. He's talking about those who have enjoyed or experienced a born-again experience. You have been born again. Paul teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that you and I are new creations not, not just new creatures, but new creations. In other words, Paul says that we are a different kind of humanity. We are a whole different kind of people. So you belong to a different people group than the one you were born into. So you were born into a natural family, a, a natural nation, but now you are born into the supernatural. You are born into the God's family. You are born into an economy of the Spirit. You are born in, into eternity itself. 
You, you are partaking of it. You are born into the light of God. You are born into the day. And so what does it mean you are sons of light or sons of the day? It means that you can see in the sphere where you are, your sphere of operation is a different sphere uh, that you were, than what you were born into. It's a different sphere uh, of that which the world operates in and operates through. You are born into something that is new, totally new. And uh, it, is, it is one where you are, you are seeing things that others cannot see. You are illuminated by that which is eternal, by that which is God. So then you're going to have different thought processes. You're going to have different conclusions than the world would have. So you don't ever agree with anything in the dark. Why? Because the darkness is passing away. That's what our sister read tonight. The darkness is passing away. So why should I choose what is passing away over that which cannot pass away? So we have to understand our responsibilities. Uh, Paul says that you are all sons of light and sons of the day. So the feeblest among us is a son of the light and of the day. That is, those who don't seem to know it still are there. And we have to be patient and help them understand who they are in the Lord. But I, I, I want to just go back to the emphatic statement and, uh, that he makes. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We are not of the night. So darkness, we have no activities for darkness, right? We have no activities. So we are living in a sphere of, of, of God's Son. So we are in Christ. We're living in the sphere of God's Son. We have to understand what Jesus brings to us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, Paul says, and you he made alive. And what he's, he's showing, it's not just like this is a, a, a statement that, that he wants us to sort of grasp in, a, in what we would call an ethereal way, uh, somewhere up in the clouds. We want to gra uh, grasp this particular statement. But, but when Paul tells us he made us alive, he made us alive to something. He brought us through death and made us alive to something. So what is that he made us alive mean? He, that is, he gave us God's life. He made, gave us God's life. You and I, though we have biological life, we have also the life of God. You say, well, I know that. But are you operating in that sphere? Is that the sphere that you operate in? So do you operate in the supernatural sphere? I've been extraordinarily blessed by seeing God answering our prayers in amazing ways. So many of the people that, uh, that we have um, prayed for. So many of them have been healed or touched by God in, in ways that, that we knew it was God and we know it's God. And the answers that people have been searching for for a long time, they have received those answers. And so he says, God made you alive to this stuff. He made you alive. And so Paul says, he made you alive who were dead. So then you are a miracle. So often we search for miracles. We want miracles. Have you ever heard people say, well, we need miracles in the church. Well, we're walking miracles. <laughs> we really are. Seriously, we are. That means he says you, uh, you were dead. He made, you, uh, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. 
according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You are sons of light, sons of day, but there, there are some, some people, maybe you work with them, maybe they're your neighbors, they're sons of disobedience. Now notice what Paul tells the Ephesians. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. So we were all sons of disobedience. We were going differently than God. So what God did was he saved us from it. He made us alive. And so salvation makes us alive. Salvation causes us to walk in a different sphere. That is the day. It causes us to walk in the light, which means that we ought not stumble. We can see what others cannot see. We know what others don't know. And this is what he wants you to take ownership of that. And, and so you and I once walked according to the course of this world. We were at one juncture very worldly. We were at one juncture enemies of God. You were an enemy. And it took the death of Christ to make you a son of God. It took the death of Jesus. And so God powerfully, miraculously, when Jesus died for us, he miraculously caused us to die because he died our death. And so since he died our death, we died too. But when he, so if we died with him, Paul says, when he got up, we had to get up too because he couldn't get up without us. This is a very, very serious time in which we live, and we know that Jesus could not get out of the grave without us. And so he got us up to, to resurrection life. And so Paul says, we once, let's give the Lord a hand on that. He says, we all once conducted ourselves or lived in the sphere of lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the others. So we were children of wrath. In other words, we were, well, in God's words, <laughs> uh, we were children appointed to wrath. So God's wrath was to be meted out upon us because that's what we deserved. But God, who is rich in mercy, saved us from that by, by the death of his own son. So uh, here, Paul wants us to understand that there are two spheres. They're not uh, a multiplicity of spheres. Uh, that is a, a place where we conduct our activities, our lives. There, the, there, there is the one of darkness and there's one of light. And you have to choose which one you're going to actually walk in or operate in or be effective in. Now, now you are a child of, of the day, as he said. Uh, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. You are that. But are you really conducting your lives that way? So this is what he wants you to know. And so what he's, he's saying to, similarly to the Scripture, come out from among them and be separate. So we have to understand our responsibility to, as it were, follow the voice of God and walk out of that other sphere. Let's walk out of that. Let's have no fellowship because there's really no real fellowship. Light and darkness cannot fellowship. You know that? You know, what we would do, if I could trust the lights, we would turn them off really quickly. But, you know, it would just be my misfortune to turn them off and there's an electric short or something. R ruin my analogy. But I have never walked into a room, I've never in my whole life walked into a room and turned the lights on and there was a fight between light and darkness. I, I've never seen that. 
Uh, I've never seen that because the darkness flees because the, the, the darkness has no authority in the place of light. So wherever the light is, darkness has to flee. The Bible says, uh, according to John's Gospel, chapter 1, he says that uh, the, the darkness could not overcome the light. You know, it did not overcome the light because it cannot overcome the light. And so when we know these truths, we're to walk in these truths, and you don't have to struggle. Light doesn't struggle to be light. It doesn't. And so what you have to do is believe what Jesus says of you. Can you just believe what Jesus says of you? Let's just say it. I believe what Jesus says of me. Were Jesus to say to you, um, you are pleasing to me. If you had a bad day and you, did, you didn't say things right, would you believe that Jesus was really pleased with you or, or he was placating you? No, Jesus doesn't do that. If he says, I'm pleased with you, that means he's pleased with you because he sees you in himself. When God says he's pleased with you, God, the Father, sees you in his Son because the, the, the life of the Son is now in these vessels of clay. So you are now a carrier of the Son of God. You are a carrier of the Spirit of God. So we have to understand that as sons of the day. That means we ought to have something for the night. You, you Texans know what I'm talking about. You have something for the night. That is, you are equipped for the night. You are equipped for the night. Uh, you are not a flashlight. You are, you are the light. You are light in the Lord. You're not something that's on and off. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul tells us, since we are sons of the day, since we are sons of the light, since God has defined us, and by the way, who can say to God, that's the wrong definition of that person? Who can do that? Who can say to God, you made a mistake? Who can say that? You can't say that either. You can't say that. So stop struggling with what God doesn't struggle with. You know, God doesn't struggle with your sonship. God doesn't struggle with the fact that you are his inheritance and he is yours. He doesn't struggle with that. God is not looking at you at one point in time and saying, I'm going to disqualify everything I've said. I was wrong about them. God doesn't do that. You're sons of the day. You're sons of the day. So walk in that. Paul tells us, since we are that, in Colossians 3, 5, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. And what he's saying is, you can make a decision that God will stand with you and stand by that decision you make. So you make a decision that you're going to walk in light. You're going to walk as a person of the day, not stumbling, not being confused by what you see in the world. Because that is a different sphere. Paul tells us that God has delivered us from the power of darkness. He's delivered us from it. Now, you know, now some, some theology is just crazy. It's bad theology, but it's crazy. And they, people want, to, want you to think that now that God has delivered you, you now need somebody else to come and further deliver you. I don't believe that. I don't find it consistent with Scripture. Now, you may need some help along the way. We all, if you've ever driven a car, you can buy the best car that's made and uh, every now and then, you're going to need a mechanic. You, you may, you're going to need AAA to come and, and tow you somewhere or come and fix your flat. That doesn't mean that the car is bad. It just means it needs a little attention. 
And so every one of us needs a little attention from time to time. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that God's word is not true. God's word is true. You are who God says you are. So walk in it. Walk in it. You can, you can put things to death in your members. He, he says, put, uh, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. These are the things he's saying. Put to death fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness. You know, wanting things that aren't yours, which is idolatry. You know, uh, dealing with all of these uh, inordinate affections, passions, inordinate affections. You want something that doesn't belong to you. You've got always having this desire, this lust for something. He says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So he talks about uh, the other sphere. So he says, you're, you don't belong to that, that sphere. Why are you operating as though you belong to that sphere? Why are you believing a lie instead of the truth? So this is what God wants uh, of us. I believe it's just time that you and I, all of us, really shine brightly in this dark world rather than complaining about it. I don't remember who, uh, who uh, coined the, the expression, uh, rather, don't curse the darkness, light a candle or something like that. Uh, and so I, I think that's what uh, some believers have found themselves doing. We just talk about what's wrong and, and somehow don't seem to realize that we are what's right. You have to understand that not because of you, but because of what God did for you and in you through Jesus Christ. You are what's right. It is not arrogance to say that I am who God says I am. So you may say that and then by, by thus doing and walking out the word of God, you put to death those things that are not God. Those things that, that think they have a place in you, you put them to death by refusing. You know, if, um, uh, if I may give my animal analogy again, uh, my animal, one of my animal analogies, I've told you this at least once. Uh, but as a boy, little boy, I remember dad saying, go well, make sure you water the cows. And, and uh, I would take our, this big cow, I would take her up to the, to the water. And she didn't want any water. But dad told me to water. And so I was going to water. And I, I would put her head down. And I'd finally just push the head down in the water. You're going to have to drink some of this water. But she didn't drink any of that water. And when she came out of that water, she threw me back. Boom. And I was back. But she just blew all that little water out of her nose. She didn't want the water. Don't be like that. When, when, take what God gives you. Ingest what God gives you. He says here that you and I once walked in, in disobedience. We walked in darkness. You once walked in uncleanness because you lived outside of Christ. Now that you are in him, you must walk in him like him. The scripture teaches us that we are in him, therefore we walk like he walks. If we say that we are in him and we refuse to walk like he walks, then we have, we have lied. And so that we want to, don't want to do that. Now, I am sharing this because it is my belief that you and I are living, sure, in uncertain times. But we are also living in times because we are of the day, the, the things of the, of the Lord are not going to come upon us as they will come upon those who are living in darkness. See, those who are living in darkness don't have a clue. 
They think they can fix these things. I was uh, talking with someone recently, and we were talking about uh, the things that had happened in the beginning of our nation. The problems that were here in the beginning of our nation still are here. The, all the problems that the Constitutional Convention dealt with and uh, the Articles of Confederation and all those things, all of those things, we still are arguing over the same thing. Because in that sphere, nothing is solved because Christ doesn't live in that sphere. That is a condemned sphere. It's condemned. And there are believers who believe they can fix it. But it, it hasn't happened in, in, uh, from the inception of America. Now listen, let's go back for thousands of years. It did not happen for ancient Israel. When they started to operate outside the sphere that God had called them into, bad things happened. They were not able to achieve the things that God told them they would achieve because they chose to go with, as the Gentiles went outside that sphere of light and the sphere of the day. So they, they were conducting supposedly godly activities in the darkness, but God says it doesn't work. So God dealt with that. They were never able to solve it. What I'm saying to every believer who will listen, you will never solve things except through Jesus Christ. He is the only solution that God has set forth. There is no other solution. And now, having said that, I want to go back to the, the point that you and I know things of God. We know things. We know that something is happening. I know we don't know the day or the hour uh, when, the, when the Lord's going to come, but we know there's something different. Uh, another na animal analogy. I haven't lived in a city, but maybe about uh, 54 years. So uh, those first uh, 20, uh, 19 years, 20, almost 20 years, uh, had a had a uh, greater effect on me than these last 54. But I remember being a child, a young boy, and I would see the horses starting to run in the pasture. Maybe some of you country folks can identify, and you city folks just sit back, it'll come to you. <laughs> you know, the horses would just snort. You remember that? And they would start to run, and they'd push and running around, running around. And, and uh, the older people would say, well, we're going to have some bad weather here after a while. We didn't have radios and televisions that were forecasting. They were half wrong a lot of times anyway in those days. But, but the horses and the cows would tell you, they start to run in the pasture and snort. And it says, they said, bad weather's coming. And as sure as you were born, it happened. So I'm not saying that we are horses. But I am saying that we have the ability. We have the ability to know things that others cannot see because they don't live in that sphere. We have that. And God is showing us that we live in that sphere by doing wonderful and mighty things for us and on our behalf. He is doing them daily. He is working things out for you daily. And those things that you don't see him working out, he's working them out as well. Let, let me read a scripture here. And I had wanted to, to talk to someone through this because um, as I have looked at the scriptures, as I have looked at the scriptures, I am finding that that so much of what we men of God, theologians, of course, men of God, and all of us, we somewhat disagree on. And uh, I've thought perhaps we could have a question and answer session sometime, and we'll just a bunch of us will sit down, and we'll get, we'll get some young shepherds, and then 
and, and sitting down with us. And we old shepherds would be up there with them. We all be over there, up there together. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about some of these things. Let me read from you for you Luke 17. Luke 17, verse, verse starting in verse 22. It says, Then he said to the disciples, speaking of Jesus, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Now, what that means, and uh, what that means is, uh, is that you will desire to see a, one of the days uh, that Jesus uh, showed forth when he was walking the earth. You will desire to see some of the things that Jesus did. You will desire to see uh, one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. So he's saying to them, there's going to be a long period of time when you're not going to have me among you. And, and, but now we have the Holy Spirit among us. And notice what he says. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. So he's saying that the, one of the days of the Son of Man will not be some secret thing. There are people who claim to have secret knowledge, but he says, don't believe them. Don't believe them. May I say again, and I want to say this again very, very clearly, that, that there are, are those who are now claiming to have understanding, and many, quote-unquote, people I worship with are going after them. I, 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 you, you've got to believe that. They're going after this stuff. I mean, they're eating it up, whole hog. But he, Jesus says, don't do that. So, he, so he's, not, he's not only saying, they'll say, Jesus has come, he's over here. But they will claim to have secret knowledge and secret understanding that if you'll just come with me, I'll share it with you. Mm. It's like the old guy with the candy saying to the child, you want some candy? Come, come on. Let me get you out into the darkness. Let me get you away from the light. But you, how can I get from, away from what and who I am? You know, I am a child of the day, so I know that. Now listen to what he says. Don't go, don't go after them or follow them. That's what God is saying. So some of the, the deception is, is pretty good deception, frankly. It's pretty good deception, but the Bible doesn't say that, uh, that the times would come so that even the, the elect would be deceived. He said, if it were possible. The deception would be so great if it were possible. How many of you know today that it's not possible? It's not possible for light to follow darkness. It's just not possible. It's not possible. It, it will expel the darkness. And notice what he says. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. So Jesus is saying, this is going to be visible, unmistakable. And so you and I know these things because we're sons of the day. So that the darkness, these things will not come upon us unawares. Okay. So keep listening. Now notice what he says. But first he must suffer, the Son of Man, Jesus many things and be rejected by this generation. He gives us an understanding. And this is where a lot of, of, of us men of God, women of God, and many theologians will part ways. He said, but, and, and, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. He speaks of normalcy. Now, some of the, the brothers whom I respect greatly have, we can have different views of something, different opinions of something. But I don't think we can have our own truth of the thing, private truth of the thing, uh, our own facts about a thing. 
That's not possible. Well, let's look at this. They ate. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in, also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And Jesus is saying something to us that I differ with some of my brothers. We're not enemies. I just differ. I don't understand it fully, but this is what I know. Jesus is speaking of what we would call normalcy. And he is saying that this is happening. Some say, no, this is not talking about the rapture. This is talking about the second coming. This is talking about when Jesus comes to judge and rule. How can it be that hundreds of millions of believers, if not a billion or so, just leave the earth and everything becomes normal? How can that be? I'm asking you a question. How can it be normal? No, we're just doing well. They're gone. We don't know where they went. How many went? Oh, more than a billion, a couple of billion of them. But, man, we're just going to eat and drink and build and just go about our business. And, and ah, Jesus is coming. Ah, let me get it down and get my, ah, I don't think so. Why don't I think so? Because you can never be normal again. Quote, unquote. I think this is speaking of something greater. Now, let me just uh, end my message today. When Jesus comes for his church, Paul tells us, he takes us to heaven, into the heavens, I'm going to say. It will happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Ah! It's going to happen. And then there are a lot of things that will take place, but I don't see anything being normal after that. I, I don't see that. I think what is normal for the world is not for us. We don't depend on things should not depend on things being all perfect in the world system. We're a part of that group that's trying to make the world system perfect. It will never be perfect. It hasn't been the, since the inception of our nation because we are striving to make this a more perfect union. And the more men have to say about it and do things, it becomes more imperfect. Throughout the world, the world is doing the same thing. So why would we put our confidence in the world system when it's shattering? And only by the grace of God does it remain because God has some people over there. You see, God had some people over in Jericho that didn't belong to Jericho. God had some people over in Sodom that were not Sodomites. So why? Yes, it's His mercy. It's His mercy that's holding things together. So I want you, because you're children of the day, you're going to sense something. I, I don't want you to miss me here. You're going to sense something. So Paul, uh, Jesus rather warns in Luke 21, this will be my last scripture for the evening. Verse 34, he says, but, but take heed to yourselves. 
Let your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. Cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that you will come to pass, come, uh, that will come to pass, all the things that will come to pass, and stand before the Son of Man. So then, this takes a slightly different turn in Luke 21. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I believe Jesus' import here is that none of these things should happen to you unaware. I believe that's what Jesus is saying. I believe that Jesus is saying, don't act like you don't know. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't you, you see the same things that I, I'm seeing. No, this is, this is my final statement to you. For, I mean, I'm going to sit down in a minute. What I'm saying is, don't listen to people who tell you exactly what you want to hear. You need some friends who will tell you the truth. Don't buy a newspaper that confirms what you already know and think. Don't watch television news and listen to radio news and internet news because these are the people that tell you everything that you wanted to hear and they tell you, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Ask your wife what she thinks about some of these things. Ask your husband what he thinks. Ask your pastor. Ask those who give their lives for you. Ask them, what do you think about it? And God will show you. We're living in that day, brothers and sisters, that I've never seen in all of my life. Let's walk as children of the day. Thank you. See the light in the darkness. The darkness passed to him. Can hear the roar of the heavens. Space between where's thin. Can feel the ground beneath us. The prison walls cave in. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us. I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him. I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space between west and I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in.
like that. Don't you like that? Nothing stands between us. No. I mean, what a good word. What a good song. Good verse. Nothing stands between us. Yes, thank you for standing. Boy, this is a, a good time in which to be alive. Paul tells us very clearly that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of what? The darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's what Paul tells us. You know, as a young boy, I used to do a lot of wrestling. Even a teenager, I did a lot of wrestling. And um, the object of wrestling was to get the person off balance. And being tall and lanky, I had to try to get under the, those shorter guys. Because they'd get under you and they'd lift you up to get you off balance. But what I would do with them, if they tried to get under me, I'd just push them down. Push them down to the floor. But I'd have to get them off balance somehow. And so the enemy is trying to get you off balance so that he can do whatever he wants to do. But how many of you know that you were made for this stuff? Yeah, you were made for this stuff. Yeah. So when the shorter guy got under me, I went on top of it. When the taller guy tried to outmaneuver me, I would go from side to side to side to get him off balance. I was made for that wrestling stuff. And you and I are made for this day. That's why we're here. Amen.